to Madrid to the Champions League final. Leicester's very own fantastic Mr. Fox. Well, welcome everybody to what has apparently turned into our annual episode of Slapcast. So this might be the only episode you get in 2019, but hopefully it won't be. We'll see how that goes. So um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Gage. I'm a Spurs fan. I will be your host, and I am joined by my esteemed guests, uh, Reese, Josh, and Ethan. Um, <clears throat> we're going to go around and talk about kind of what Slap means to us, or like why why is this podcast called the Slapcast? Um it's an acronym for the club, so Spurs, Leicester, Arsenal, Palace. Obviously, if you can spell, you know, that's SLAP as an acronym. So, uh, yeah, go around, gentlemen, introduce yourselves, um, talk about your loyalty to the club, and, uh, yeah. Okay, so basically, the reason I became a Palace fan was because, you know, back in, I would say around 2012, um, they were, or 2013, it was the, it was the 2012-2013 season, um, Fox had been showing the playoff uh, semifinals, and uh, obviously Palace was playing Brighton. And so the first game I ever watched was Brighton versus Palace, and it was at Sellers Park. And it ended up being 0-0, but I kind of got into like the feeling for soccer because I never grew up playing soccer or, or watching it. But um, I got into it because I watched, and I obviously loved watching Palace because I'm, I'm here right now. I'm a Palace fan. But I, wa- I loved watching Balassi and Zaha just destroy defenders, and I came back the next next week and we beat them 2-0 at uh, at the the Amex. So that's how I became a fan. And who are you? Ethan. <laughs> Go ahead, Reese. Okay, I'm Reese. I'm the Arsenal fan. Um, I guess so. My my older brother he played soccer, uh, and his friends were on the same team. But I would I would go over there because we're all like family friends and stuff. They played a lot of FIFA, and uh, they would do teams two v two. But there were there was three of them, so they needed a fourth, and I was really bad. So the only one that would let me on their team, his name's Bobby. Shout out to Bobby. He would always play with Arsenal because he's an Arsenal fan. So then I I learned all the players and stuff. And then when I decided to actually start watching the Premier League, I was like, well, I already know the Arsenal players, so I'll just watch Arsenal. And it was a match made in heaven. Nice. Uh, Josh. So I'm Josh. I'm the Leicester fan. So I started watching Premier League probably like seven years ago now. I didn't really ever have a team till the 14-15 season when uh, Leicester had the great escape. So I said, oh, that that's my team. They kind of like fought back from being bottom at Christmas and then won the title the next season. I've watched them ever since 14-15 season. So, yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. So for me, um, my story was kind of interesting. So I watched the 2014 World Cup, and that was when I really like primarily got into the sport for the first time. And so I decided to pick a team, and I'd enjoyed watching England, So and there were a few England players on Spurs. So I decided I would watch a Spurs match, and the first Spurs match I watched was uh, Spurs against West Ham, the opening game of the 14-15 season, which ended up being um, a 1-0 Spurs win from an Eric Dyer goal in the 92nd minute to win it on his debut so that was exciting uh quickly we want to give a thank you to our good buddy austin from the horn schmucks podcast who's letting us use this studio so thank you austin he's back there knocking stuff over 
Um, but no, so thanks. Uh, we'll put their information down in the description um, of the YouTube video and probably of the SoundCloud. Um, so yeah, let's get started. Let's talk some football. Um, quickly, we want to do some news and notes from around the community. Josh is going to host our international recap for today. Um, and while he hurriedly pulls out his notes, I'm going to fill this space by saying that we're going to start with the Women's World Cup. Uh, so Josh, fill us in on that. So it's been a pretty good World Cup. There haven't been like a lot of surprises, which usually doesn't happen, especially with the Women's World Cup because it's so top-heavy. So the fir- uh, knockout stage starts tomorrow. And so the first game is Germany-Nigeria. I have Germany going through. And then it's Norway-Australia. I think Australia is going to go through. And Sunday, we have England-Cameroon. We have England going through. And then France and Brazil. I think France are going to go through. Then on Monday, we have Spain and USA. USA! And I think the U.S. is going to win. And then Sweden-Canada. Uh, I think Canada is going to win. I'm not going to go through the rest of the ones, but I have USA beating Italy in the final. Because Italy have looked really well. And even the game where they didn't do play their best, they still looked really good against a really good Brazil team. And USA haven't let in a goal. They beat a really good Sweden team convincingly, 2-0. And I just think U.S. is the best team there. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give up a goal. Reese, do you want to chime in on the Women's World Cup real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. I haven't been following the rest of the teams, but I've been following USA. And um, unsurprisingly, exactly what I expected, complete domination. Um, Alex Morgan, four, four, five goals. Yeah, five in the five first Five goals game, in the first game. Three assists. Yeah, um, uh, Carly Lloyd coming out as well, uh, Rapino, um, the whole team really just performing extremely well. Even there's there's not really a starting eleven. It's like anybody is interchangeable in that team. Uh, everyone's important to the team, yep. and that's that's a big reason why I think they're going to win the whole thing is because they don't they they have a ton of depth in that USA squad. Yeah, so even if like somebody gets hurt, somebody's going to like step up in the role they might not be as good but they're going to play as good because the team plays so well like cohesively um next on the docket looks like we've got the gold cup so the gold cup has been kind of interesting for the first time in a while because normally it's really top heavy like <laughs> usa mexico canada and other and other central america shout out canada <laughs> <laughs> they usually play it's usually really top heavy so like costa rica panama usa mexico all like dominate Mexico haven't really looked that good. They've only scored three goals that haven't been off deflections or second chances, so they're really beatable. Canada looked really good against them. They, the, the goalie played amazing, but their defense was not good. So whenever they go against somebody good like Panama, Costa Rica, United States, they have to actually finish their chances on the first try instead of relying on what the goalie has in the second half, second goalie being out of position at the second shot. Um it's really kind of an interesting storyline for for Cuba. So their captain couldn't get a visa in time for the uh, the Gold Cup, so he's not playing in it. Their vice captain played the first game and defected back to Cuba, so they are on their third <laughs> captain right now for Cuba. And then so the Costa Rica, Haiti, Bermuda, Nicaragua group got decided last night. Uh, Costa Rica and Haiti went through. They both looked really good. Bermuda actually looked kind of good for a, an island nation. Normally they look horrible. With They've got they, a Premier League player on Bermuda, you know? Matthew really? Wells? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they actually played really well. Like, they pushed Costa Rica really well and Haiti really well. 
Um, the Jamaica, El Salvador, Honduras, and Curacao group, it's, it's kind of a boring group. Like, the games haven't yeah. been that interesting. Jamaica's played okay, but I, I don't know if they might. I think that game, like, just finished. I don't know how. Yeah, no-no. So that one, yeah, that was a really boring game. Then Group D, U.S., Panama, Trinidad, and Guyana. USA looked really well, really good against Guyana, but it's the Gold Cup. They're playing one of the teams that doesn't even make it past the second round of World Cup qualifying. I really want to see them against Panama. Trinidad will be a good game, but I really want to see them against Panama and see what this team does. Because, yes, it does have some of the old MLS players, but it's also quite a big chunk of youth. They might not be the European youth that we all want to see, like Josh Sargent, Timothy Wea. But we also have players from the MLS that are, or youth players that are playing really well or played really well in the first game against Guyana. I will say in that in the game against Guyana, I was impressed with pretty much every player on the USA team except for uh, Jassy Zardes, even though he got the goal. That was uh, really, he scored with his face. Yeah, that was, that was really <laughs> funny. But uh, I I know he's not uh, the preferred choice. It's Altador, but I don't think he should be either. He's just. Um, He's really flaky on his fitness. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think Josh Sargent is going to... He should have been in the squad. He was yeah. In, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised with his exclusion, but... Because um, he was in the pre-World Cup squad, but then they dropped him right before, which makes no sense. If they were going to drop him for the Gold Cup, they should have just played him in the, in the U-20 World Cup in the first place. I was really impressed, obviously, with Tyler Boyd. Yep. And I'm excited with his uh, swap from New Zealand. Uh, because um, that was... I think that was his second game. The first so. game was against uh, uh, Venezuela in a friendly, I think. Yeah, it sounds right. Because yeah. he played in the Chile game. And he, what, was it two goals and an assist, maybe? I know he got yeah. two goals for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, he looked really well, so I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Ariola also played really well. He got he that did. Goal. Yeah, Ariola played really well. Almost had a second. Yeah, and he was talking about how he, he really needs to step up and contribute more, especially as a winger. Um, and that he, or is he a fullback? I don't remember. But, uh, I think he does both yeah but he was saying that he just doesn't feel like he's contributing enough so i think that goal is a, a good step towards the future for him yeah even like michael bradley even had a good game he usually has a good game yeah. like he's not he he's getting older he's gonna get phased out of the squad probably next i noticed three with years. him and will trap they're definitely grooming will trap to be michael bradley's replacement which we already knew because oh, of yeah. taking over well, the, they captaincy. Had him the captaincy yeah i was gonna say but uh, exp- even like the position because bradley is basically a third center back yeah. Slash CDM, where he, he's a center back, but he pushes forward, yeah. plays the long over the top balls. Will Trap came on for Michael Bradley, exact same position, exact same role. So, yeah. especially uh, if they get his over the top balls down, because he, because that's gonna work really well, especially with the talent that's coming up, especially with uh, the speed. Yeah, Pulisic, McKinney, uh, Sergeant Wea, that's gonna work really well with them. It's a good tactic when you have the two pacey fullbacks pushing forward because. Yeah. You can split the center backs, and then Bradley can drop back, in, or well, Bradley or Trap can drop back into the middle, and then it switches to more of a three at the back with wingers, because especially mm-hmm. with pacey fullbacks like Yedlin, um, I think it's a good option because then they can switch to wing backs, and the attack can be way more mobile going forward. Yeah. So I think uh, do you want to talk about the under twenty World Cup? Yeah. So the under twenty World Cup was really interesting to watch. The group stage was kind of interesting. The USA's group was definitely the best group. Ukraine did amazing and ended up winning the whole thing. Nigeria were really good. Um, yeah, our group was really good. It was kind of an interesting final four. It was Ukraine beat South Korea in the final, and then 
Ecuador lost to Italy, I think, in the semi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Third place game. Was kind of like game a, with um, Chiesa's crazy goal. Yeah. 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 If ridiculous. you haven't seen Federico Chiesa's first touch, like leading to a goal, just go look it up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The other 20 World Cup was really good to see. France didn't play that well, but USA looked really well against France. France, France actually played pretty well in that game, but they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have lost us. Probably not, but I think uh, the reason they lost was because of the defense. I thought the defense really played well in that game, yep. especially um, the fullback from Ajax, uh, Dest, Doss, something like that. Something like I'd never heard of him before, but. Um, he looked awesome. I thought honestly he should be in the, in the, um, yeah, the first team. The first team. Yeah, yeah. he'll probably get called up soon because he's still in the youth team for Ajax. A lot of the players like, they aren't in the actual like, team. They're in the yeah. They're still waiting for a breakthrough. Yeah, uh, Sebastian Soto played really well. He did the first game. He was pretty absent in the uh, Ecuador game though. Yeah, he played amazing in the round of sixteen or the yeah round of sixteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then finally, I think we obviously it just started not too long ago, but we're going to touch on the Copa America a little bit, uh, featuring Qatar and Japan of all countries. Uh, so have played way better than you actually think they should. So the first group is kind of interesting. Brazil have looked extremely lackluster than what they usually do. Usually they like they just look like they're having fun. When the two games against uh, Venezuela and Bolivia, they just didn't look good. I mean, it's Bolivia. You need to beat them. Yeah. They're the worst team in Condible. And then Venezuela was nil-nil. It was VAR decisions. It was good VAR decisions. It's coming through again and making mm-hmm. really good ones. I honestly think Peru are going to beat them tomorrow. Yeah, it should be interesting yeah. to see. Who is your pick? I know you said earlier before the show that you didn't know who your pick was, but if I put you on the spot now and said who would you pick to win it all, what would you say? Um, I'd probably say Colombia or Uruguay. They're just, like, in my opinion, the best teams in Conmobile right now. Although you were saying they, they underperformed yeah, they're, so far. They got, the Ur- midfield wasn't solid. Yeah, yeah, Uruguay's midfield was, I don't know, Terraria played really well, but there was no one there to compliment him. Terraria is, of like, course. all over the all over the pitch. But That's like, what he does best. There's nobody there to, like, help push forward in the midfield. Like, there's nobody support mm, yeah. Cavani and... They don't really have an attacking, like, midfielder mm-hmm. who can go forward and transition. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so groups, yeah, let's just talk about Group C right now. So it's Uruguay, Chile, Japan, and uh, Ecuador. Chile looked horrible in the first half. I don't know how they looked in the <laughs> second half against against um, Ecuador, but they looked horrible in the first half. They were horrible going forward. They've got an aging squad, to be fair. Yeah. They don't really have too many youth players coming through Chile, I don't think. I don't so. think so either. Their only notable players I can think of off the top of my head are Vidal and Sanchez. Mostly, yeah, they're, over they're 30. Old, but yeah, Sanchez so. only plays good when he plays for Chile. He had yeah. a goal against Japan, but Japan improved a lot against Uruguay. They played in the first game, Japan, Chile. Japan played almost – it was a really youthful squad, but then they played almost all uh, experienced players. Like Okazaki got a start against uh, Uruguay. You could tell that they were playing really well. So if they get the chance to go to the knockout stage, they might steal a game from someone because mm-hmm. they have the third-place team thing. Cause right, have, right, right. Yeah. Like the Euros in 2016 kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, the Women's World Cup. Yeah. And then there's Group B, which is – it's kind of a horrible group. It's Colombia, Paraguay, Qatar, and Argentina. It's not the fact that the teams are terrible. It's just the way it's going is horrible. The quality of football is so low. Yeah. And the fact that Argentina currently at time of recording are sitting last in that group – 
is honestly a testament to where their federation is going. It's horrible. Aguero didn't start. Dybala didn't start. Cardi didn't even get a call up. They're playing that uh, Martinez dude from Inter. They yeah, Lautaro Martinez. Yeah, like they got lucky on a VAR call that shouldn't have. I it, it hit his hand, but it was in a natural position. It should have been a penalty. Paraguay looked really good. They're sitting in second right now. They have Colombia next, but the Colombia Qatar game was really interesting. I think Qatar can steal the game from Argentina, or at least steal a point, because Qatar's goalie played amazing, and they had some counterattacks. They have some pace on the wings. No clue who their players are because Qatar, but <laughs> but they. Sorry. Sorry about that. We had a bit of technical difficulties there. Yeah, but Paraguay actually looked really good. Their defense was solid. They need to watch the cards because they, in this next group stage game, if they get a couple more yellows, they might lose a couple players for that knockout stage game because they're, they're probably going to go through at this point. Like, it's, like Even if they draw, they still have tiebreakers on Qatar and Argentina, so mm-hmm. they have goal difference on them. So it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I think it's a – I it's been like the most interesting Copa America in a long time because like the teams that are playing really well aren't playing really well. The teams that are yeah. supposed to play well, Brazil looked not that good. Argentina, are Argentina now they're mm-hmm. Messi did the best he could. Yeah, he he didn't play that well. Like he like he he did what Messi did, but like he had some set pieces that with that Argentina team he has to score. If he doesn't score those, they're not going to win. They're going to be bottom of a group with Qatar in the Yeah, group. but you can't put all that... Like, he can't do everything. That's the biggest problem for him. It always has been for Argentina because they have so many attacking options, but they leave so many of them out of the squad just to accommodate him. So, like, he needs help from the defense and midfield, I think. For- well, yeah, he needs support. Otamendi's an idiot. He, <laughs> he does these stupidest things in the game. pulls no punches. <laughs> <laughs> He's did some stupid stuff in that game against um, Paraguay. But, yeah, so I think... I wouldn't be surprised if Paraguay made a deep run. They looked really well. The Miguel Amaral is really well, plays really good. They have some bigger strikers that when they do push up, they can. Sanabria especially. Yeah, he's yeah. as big as a center back. Yeah. And yeah, I just think I think Paraguay are like a sleeper pick for it right now. Peru, I don't think it's gonna be Brazil or Argentina or Colombia. But yeah. It's going to be interesting like, to see. It's definitely going to be an inter- exciting tournament. It's also going to be interesting to watch the Asian clubs and see or Asian clubs, Asian teams and see how far they get. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up real quick was the England under 21s team. Oh, right. Cuz they recently played Romania today and they lost 4-2. Now, the the thing is it's weird cuz they've got so many good youth players mm-hmm. in England. They got like Foden, uh, you know, they just have so many good players but Lists one. <laughs> okay. Well, Sancho. Yeah. No. I. I know. I couldn't list. Madison no. It's okay. Yeah. Great. Columbus Soccer. Nelson. Chillwell. Uh, but you know they they've had their they always have their problems and I think England just has some problems with their coaches as well because obviously after the game today everyone was saying that the under twenty ones coach needs to leave. I heard the the team selection today was awful and that he left. Wambasaka. Uh, I know Wambasaka yeah. had a shocker the last game, but I don't think that's a basis to leave him out. Yeah. I think he's bound to have a bad game when he's playing that well. Uh, leaving Nelson out again. I don't know if he should start over Sessegnon or I don't remember who's playing on the other way. I think he deserves to start over Sessegnon. Sessegnon had a shocking season in the Premier yeah. League. Um, and then there were some other players I can't remember off the top of my head, but some normal starting players that didn't start. So I, I thought it was what I saw was pretty weird. Yeah, and I, I feel bad for Juan Masaka because he's really been really good for us all season. And um, for people 
that are just like Manchester United fans now he's linked with them and now they see his first performance now that they're rumored with him or linked with him mm-hmm. and they see that performance and they're thinking he's not worth Jack right so I just feel bad for him because he's really been like a golden boy for I us. don't think that'll affect Manu's decision to no, buy him though I think, I think it shouldn't he, he probably will still but. go there but I just feel bad because he's getting a lot of stick I don't, yeah. also it ain't also Romania played extremely well against Croatia. I watched that game. They played really well against Croatia. I don't know if it was a completely in England, like, played bad. I also think Romania's under-21 team was that good. They, I'm sure it's, it's a mix of both, but yeah. just they, in general team selection and uh, calling in question the manager I think would make sense with, with the team that was put out. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, also I feel like credit needs to go to Romania because, like, they beat Croatia and England to, like, Two that produce some of the best players in the world, mm-hmm. especially Croatia's academy system is like notably like one of the best in like all of Eastern Europe. They produce some of like they produce Modric because basically Croatia's national team youth development is basically Dynamo Zagreb, and Dynamo yeah. Zagreb has produced players like Ivan Rakitic, Luka Modric, Ivan Perisic, yeah, Ivan Perisic, even like Kovacic who hasn't been mm-hmm. that great. He's still a good player. Yeah, no, I mean he's a solid player. I mean, he played well for Croatia yeah. in the World Cup. So yeah. Subasic came from there. Yeah, there's just a Brozovic, I think. Yeah, Brozovic. Their entire starting 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah much essentially, yeah. starting 11 play for Dynamo Zagreb at some point. So, and Romania's under 21 has beat them. So I think Romania is a team to look out for like next time, next next year's Euros. Maybe if some of those youth players get in, maybe they'll actually like, do something interesting in the Euros. It's always interesting to look at these teams, especially like two or three years down the road, and look at the players like for this Romania team because there's not a, an overwhelming amount of Romanian players like in the top five leagues that are currently yeah. performing at a high level. So it's interesting to see like in the next couple of years how many of these players are actually going to pan out and how many of them are going to end up just staying in Romania or flopping or like yeah. earning big money moves and then not having it pan yeah. out for them. It's, so it's going to be interesting to watch. It's very similar to like the U.S. under twenty team. It's like a lot of them are like youth players right now. So we don't see a lot of them, but like in the next couple of years, when they make like smaller moves to like the small club, the lower tier teams in the top league, seeing how they pan out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So now, thank you, Josh, for that international recap. Uh, so now we're going to move on to discussing the Premier League last season. It's going to be a very interesting chat from our uh, four different perspectives. So the first question I think is, did it end how you expected, uh, Ethan? Did Palace perform as you expected in the Premier League this season? Um, I think they did. Um, we obviously had a good end to the season with uh, beating Leicester pretty good. Sorry, Josh. It was like <laughs> the middle of the season. <laughs> but um, we also we just uh, we also beat finished Arsenal. Tire. Sorry, Reese. Um, we just yeah. had a good season in general, but um, there's definitely room to improve. We definitely need to uh, uh, spend a lot in the transfer window. Hopefully, with the Juan Bissaka money, we can distribute that mm-hmm. as well as uh, like. That's going to be key. That's going to be key. It's because we need a replacement, and we obviously have problems up front because we cannot. I mean, Benteke, of course, he scored against Arsenal, but he's still managing like one goal a season mm-hmm. recently. So, yeah, Arsenal. I think it. Yeah, <laughs> that's just Mustafi, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think we had a good season, but um, definitely a lot of room to, for improvement. I think we'll always be shooting for Europa League, but that's always a long shot with all these teams in the mid table. Because mm-hmm. recently we the seventh spot is so competitive now. Yeah. It's. We've like all the teams in the that have been in the bottom half recently, like Newcastle and Brighton. We all just we all want to get Europa or yeah Europa League, and um, but most of us usually just find ourselves fighting relegation. Mm. So 
hopefully next season can be a turn of fortune. Josh, how about you? How'd you feel about Leicester's season? Um, I think we underperformed. I really want to. I didn't. Wolves. I don't think. I think we were better than Wolves this year. I also think we were better than Everton because we beat Man City. We had them nil nil until Company scored a screamer. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere, we played really well against some top teams, and we so we'll do things where we play extremely well against the good teams in the league, but then we go play like. We obviously didn't lose to Huddersfield. Like, I mean, Wolves lost to them twice. So, <laughs> but like, we'll play like the lower tier teams, and like, we'll lose to them. So, I'm hoping Brendan Rodgers having a full season with them next year, having a summer with them, having them do it his way, will hopefully improve them because he's he's won at Liverpool. He's obviously won a trophy, but he was a winning coach there before he left. He would he won at Celtic because it's Celtic. But obviously, he can bring that winning culture. Crack, crack the top seven, hopefully, maybe top six. Maybe if Arsenal fall off enough or Man U fall off enough, that'd be nice. It's going to be interesting to see the top six. I think there are a few clubs that are in danger next season, I think. But um, we've got some strange – oh, it's a train. There's a train going by. We've got some strange sounds happening from the back. Aliens are abducting us. No, um, Move along, Thomas. So, <laughs> so for Spurs, I think it was pretty much exactly as I expected. Minus getting to the Champions League final, I think that was not expected in any way, shape, or form. I expected us to go out of the group stage, to be honest, as I think did the rest of the world. Um, as far as the league, though, I think it was exactly as I expected. I figured we would push the top until about December, and then we would hit a rough patch of form around January and never recover. I'm, I consider us extremely fortunate to have finished in the top four. Um... I anticipated us finishing third. I predicted us to finish third at the beginning of the season. We would have finished third if we hadn't dropped crucial games to the likes of Burnley, Southampton, Wolves, um, you know, various others. Um, But I think overall the season was as expected, and I think we just need to make some signings, uh, which would be a nice change, uh, (laughs) as we push on into the next season and look maybe to push towards the top. I think we need a few more years of squad building before we can do that. But uh, Reese, how do you feel about Arsenal? Uh, it's weird because at the start of the season, I was expecting fifth, maybe fourth. Then we started playing like 22 games unbeaten. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to get top four. This is awesome. So then, so then at that point I'm expecting top four, uh, like third or fourth. Then boom, holding ACL, boom, Bellerin ACL, uh, arguably our two best defenders throughout the season, throughout the 22 game unbeaten streak. And then it's just, we're dropping unnecessary games to... Uh, I mean, Wol- Wolves, I, I guess it's not, they beat the top six, but it's like we, we had to win against these um, uh, teams that are lower end of the top ten, even below, and we were just dropping, dropping games when they were extremely crucial to win, Three especially nil. towards the end of the season when mm-hmm. we needed w- one point from uh, Leicester, Wolves, <laughs> Palace, uh, Palace, um, Brighton. No, we got one. Oh, point well, you from got Brighton. one point from Brighton, but, but we should have won that game. Yeah, it, yeah, we would have gotten top four if we had gotten one point from any of those or the win at Brighton. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty disappointing to get fifth. But then I thought we, I honest, I really thought we had a chance to win the Europa League final, especially with all of Chelsea's injuries and all of their issues going into the into the final. Uh, but just really disappointing turnout in the final. I thought they they just looked like they didn't want to win it. So I'm hoping 
Uh, we need the, those crucial defenders to to get well uh, and stay well, and we need to invest what little money we have and try and get some some good talent in in the club and fix some of our issues. Yeah. So um, there's your recap for the slap clubs. I think um, it's been an interesting season for all of us, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward for all four of us. So the next thing we want to go into is not necessarily slap focused, but it can be. Um, your moment of the season. Ethan, what was your moment of the season? For me, it was definitely the win at Man City because we were the – I mean, I every time I play a big team, I go in, like, n- not even, like, thinking about getting a point. I'm just like, I'm going to watch it, and it's going to happen. You just want a good performance. Yeah, just let's play well. And then we show up, and Townsend scores a screamer. Goal of the season. So, cheer, cheer clap on. Thanks. And – um I think it was that was my favorite moment because we just we all worked well together and that happened to be the only <laughs> that happened to be the only win at their state or the Eddie had. Yeah, that's true actually. So yeah. definitely one of my favorite uh, moments of the season for us. Reese, um, beating Spurs four two, the only thing I could cling on to. Also the comeback victory. That's that's all I'm gonna say about that. Mind the gap, uh, Josh. Uh, so mine's like not. It's kind of slap related, but like not really. It's the company goal, the don't yeah. shoot, don't shoot, and <laughs> scores from outside the box and wins Man City at least. Like put like his last two games as club captain, and he smacks one in from 35 yards. Yeah, something he's probably done well. Basically like, to win once. that won the that won the title that won the title because yeah, if they needed they needed to beat us to clinch that day. Well, no, all they had to do was... No, because they had to beat Brighton on the final day. Yeah. Because Wolves... Yeah, because yeah, they had... But, but they only yeah. won it by a point, so if they had... Yeah. By two. Well, yeah, they won. won it by two, but if they had lost or dropped points... Well, Liverpool had goal difference, so if they had yeah. lost or dropped points, so then Liverpool yeah. would have won the title. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess for me, it's pretty obvious. The Lucas Moura hat trick in the semifinal against Ajax uh, in the 96th minute. I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life. Is probably the greatest moment of my sports watching history. So we could go and crack on in the final, but obviously we ended up losing. But um, it was still an extremely memorable moment uh, for me. So to um, say that you were there is just a. I think oh it's, yeah. And we've obviously at the beginning of the season, if you had told me we would make it to a Champions League final and lose, I would have bitten your hand off. So obviously it's disappointing and heartbreaking at the time, but I think it's such a huge success for the club that. Yeah. Back in 2015, when or 2015-16 is when Palace went to the, yeah, Josh, um, when uh, Palace made it to the FA Cup final. Oh, yeah, just yeah. just being there was like, like it was like great for the club. It's a so great occasion. I, yeah. I understand. Yeah, trophy. Yeah, it's like top four for <laughs> us. Yeah, just yeah, so being there the is a trophies, great occasion. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so goal of the season for all of you. I think we know Ethan's. <laughs> yeah. Crack on. Townsend. <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your goal of the season? Company, is it? Yeah, company because of what it meant. Yeah, that's a good point. Recently. I also thought companies was going to win it just because of what it meant. Also because, like, outside the foot, mm-hmm. outside the box, he's a center back. <laughs> uh, yeah, just the entire situation was perfect for him. Not to say Townsend's wasn't amazing. His was also amazing. The competition for best goal was insane. If there were some cracking strikes that, this year. It was the Townsend, company... And I thought Sal- Salah... The Salah. goal against Chelsea. Yeah. The party yeah. goal Your Texas West is coming Brown. out. Salah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with... I know company's goal, like, it meant a lot as far as, like, the title goes. And it was a smack and strike. But um, 
I think I'm going to go with the Townsend goal just purely <laughs> just purely off the technique. Um, I thought, and I just love volleys. So, and I mean, the fact, those, those type of goals where it comes, it bounces around the box and comes out and then someone just levers it in from outside the box. I, well, I love that kind of goal. So I'm going to go with Townsend. I wish the commentary had been better because yeah, the was commentary kinda, for was Townsend's sad. goals sucked. And com- that's a big reason why I'm picking companies too because companies' commentary was awesome. Arlo White, yeah, yeah. he had a, yeah. Townsend's his, goal commentary no sucked. It was just like, Oh, Townsend. Townsend. That was literally it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, also didn't, they didn't have the crowd very loud either. Uh-uh. It was just like... They turned it down, you know that? Yeah. On YouTube, they when they edit those videos, they oh. turn it down. Oh, then, do they? I'm then maybe serious. it was just that. Like, but. when I watched the highlights from the Arsenal Palace game, with the full, like, all the goals, they turned it down. But when you, when you like, watch it separately, it has it turned up. It's mm. really weird. Because, like, I... Yeah. There was another one where Lucas scored a penalty, and Benteke, like, jumped on him. He, like, screamed. He was like... Yeah, they they, they <laughs> muted Benteke. Oh, did they? So yeah, it's just it's funny what they do with technology, but yeah, the commentary should have been better. Okay, so most. Have, oh, I'm go sorry, ahead. Sorry, I have something. No, go ahead. Since we talked about the best moment, I want to talk about like what's something you would definitely change in the season for your club. Europa League final, Champions League final. <laughs> okay, so that was pretty obvious. How about you, Josh? Uh, the FA Cup going on in the second round to Newport. Oh, yeah. I forgot that happened. Actually, yeah. I'm going to change mine. Bellerin's injury, because if I think he wasn't injured, I think we would have gotten top four and won the Europa League final. For, for me, it was definitely we – Brighton did the double over us, and uh, Knockhart scold, or scored a – Kraken goal. He twatted one in from 20 yards, and I absolutely hate that, especially because you never want your rival to do the double. Yeah. So – so, okay, well, moving on from uh, your, the moment that you would change to the moment that you loved, the most memorable match for you this season. doesn't have to be for your club. It could be for any club. I think, for me, it goes without saying. So, uh, Ethan? Uh, you know, this is interesting because, for me, it's it's actually the last game of the season for Palace. It was the Bournemouth-Palace uh, game. Oh, yeah, 5-3, right? 5-3, yeah. yeah. Um, Basically, because we always every Palace game at the end of the season is always like because last year was West Brom two uh, zero and it was it was it was just a, just a bunch of emotions and like you know finished good season Premier League next season but you know it just shows that we have come a long way because you know um, there were the I think it was our it was our fifth goal Zaha had been bullied by Lerma mm. and like they were just pushing him around and uh, you know obviously Zaha like threw a huge fit. Which I hope he, I think he's doing better, but he, he really just took the ball and ran across like the whole field, and he just passed it to Townsend. He slotted home. The funniest thing was though, instead of showing Townsend wheeling away in celebration, they sh- they showed Zaha. No, oh, I mean that was his goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did all the work. So I just, just the, we always pull one out at the end of season, just like last season with the Leicester. Josh, <laughs> he's just apologized. <laughs> it's because he keeps bringing up Palace beating all the slap teams because they beat they beat us like every game. They beat I was about to say season. they didn't beat us, but then I was like, oh, we went out of that yeah, pickup we've lost like, because Trippier missed all. a penalty. We've lost, <laughs> like, Thanks, Jared. we've lost like five straight against them, but I'm okay because we finish higher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Josh, what's your memorable moment? Uh, us beating City at home. Yeah, that was a good moment. And I'm going to skip over Reese because I'm sure his most memorable match is the 4-2 against... No, it's not. Oh, okay. I'm not skipping Reese. It's a uh, quarterfinal in the Europa League against Wren because oh, of I was there. It was amazing. I'll never yeah. forget 
the entire because it's an important game so the stadium was full mm. and uh, just hearing all the fans chanting I'll never forget that seeing um, us basically I mean it's not a comeback it's kind of, from the first leg it's a comeback yeah and um, seeing Aubameyang's Black Panther celebration live he probably will never do that again that was yeah. dope did he get a yellow card for that oh uh, yeah yeah, uh, but yeah, that's super cool that you got to see that live. I'm actually a little bit jealous, but Mr. Worldwide. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> um, so, moving on, I have a feeling that we're going to have the same answer for this. Um, player of the year, both Premier League and Champions League, I feel that it is the same player, and we may all agree on a certain Dutch center back who is quite tall and plays for Liverpool. Virgil. Virgil van Dijk. Player of the season. Is that is that the agreement? Does anyone have a dispute over that, Josh? Brian uh, Sterling. Josh kind of looks like he wants to argue. I just want to like I want to argue. Bernardo. I, I was gonna say Bernardo. Bernardo Silva. Silva. Just because like. He's such yeah, like yeah. A, He had a good season. So. He, he won five trophies this season. He Jesus. did. Yes, that yeah. is true. Because nation, if you count Nations League, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, wait, what's but the? It was wait. definitely Van Dyke. Oh, got it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Van Dyke, Player of the Year. Honorable mentions definitely do go to Bernardo and Sterling. Uh, Raheem Sterling. Honorable mention to him. Uh, yeah, I think that so consensus on Van Dyke. Moving on, we're gonna talk about some more current stuff. Now we're gonna hit some transfers. I think we don't need to spend too much time on the done deals. I think everyone knows kind of the big ones that have gone through, and obviously there's a lot that remains to be seen in the window, but. Going over the 6,500 players that Real Madrid have signed, yeah. including Eder Militao, um, Luka Jovic, which I think was quite an astute signing. Mm-hmm. Um, Eden Hazard, obviously, is the big one. Uh, Mendy. Yeah, Ferland Mendy, and a new uh, Brazilian player, Rodrigo Goes. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything about him, but I saw that he went for 40 million yeah. euros. Which I'm, I'm really jealous of Real Madrid because we have uh, a really rich owner, but he is actually never contributed any of his own money to the team. I believe that. He's, he's made a it terrible an investment. Person. He is a terrible person. And uh, it's really annoying because we have no transfer funds. And it's like Real Madrid have one bad season, and then they go and splash $200 million. I think financial we, fair play is going to come knocking, though. Yeah, okay. yeah, but uh, I, I don't even, I don't want us to spend $200 million or anything. No. But I'm just saying, like, we have – I don't even know how many bad seasons now, and we have a $40 million transfer budget. So I think what they're doing is definitely uh, – the right move like oh for sure if you're a top team like that and you have a bad season you need to buy players Mm -hmm. here's the thing though y'all had really big ambitions like y'all had thought about bringing uh umtiti but um but we didn't win europa league yeah so yeah the champions league it's because we have to get all of our own funding it's because our owner doesn't give us right because the champions league wouldn't your your revenue wouldn't come much from the europa league it's just it's just yeah it's just a shame because like you have really big ambitions but sometimes you come into arguments with your owners it is a shame um, moving on to another team, actually, that Josh supports outside of the Premier League. Um, another team that has signed several players and made some quite good deals, in fact. Um, Julian Brandt, Nico Schultz, uh, the return of Mats Hummels, and Thorgan Hazard all signing for Borussia Dortmund. Josh, tell us about that. Uh, well, obviously, a disappointing season. We are nine points clear after the winter break in the Bundesliga, and it all just kind of went downhill. Started dropping points. Like, we dropped uh, points at uh, Gladbach. They... Drew gave up. Uh, we were up again this year against Schalke and draw. It was just kind of a bad year. Should have won the title, but we choked. So Dortmund's board is obviously like full send on this squad. However mm-hmm. long they have Royce as good as he can, Goats as good as they have. I him. think Royce will stay there. Oh yeah, he'll retire. Gonna, at yeah, Dortmund. he's gonna yeah. stay at Dortmund. I'm saying like 
until he starts to teeter yeah, off. Yeah, that's true. Until he gotcha. gets phased yeah. out of the squad. Yeah. I think that's why they signed Matt Hummels because he was toted as like one of the best defenders this year. Signing him back, mm-hmm. and I think and our and the Dortmund's defense was so bad this year. I think the only one more thing they need to do is bring in a, another goalkeeper because Berkey. He's not bad. He's not great. He's just getting. He's getting old, right? Mm, I think he's not, like twenty-seven. Yeah, he's not that he, old. He's he like, just looks old. Then. He just. He doesn't look old. He looks ancient. He's just like not that. He gives up some. He shouldn't. And he. He obviously saves. He makes some great saves, but like. Just, just not what you want out of a team that's pushing for a title yeah. or pushing, you know, to try to go deep in the Champions League. So yeah. going to need some better quality there. Um, that is kind of. Only the only major news as far as signings is concerned. Uh, there's one other deal I wanted to touch on was Pablo Fornals to West Ham. Oh, that's a great signing. Um, it is a an absolute steal in my opinion. He's a clever player uh, from Villarreal, who has had a couple good seasons there. Now he's he's good, especially transitioning, getting the balls to the strikers. I think he could make a huge impact at West Ham. The the weird thing about that is like every year West Ham bring in like a really good player. Like mm-hmm. last year was Anderson. Yeah, and Felipe he Anderson. He and Yarmolinko before that. I know yeah. he was injured, but... Yeah. But they all contribute so well. So bringing them all together, especially with four nulls, that I mean, I'm interested to see how West Ham... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they broke into the top eight. The top like the top half, like seven through ten, seven through twelve is going to be so competitive next year. Oh, definitely. I feel like it could be It could be all the way up to fourth. I think, yeah, I think, I think so it too. could be... Four, like I think the top three are sorted, but I think... From fourth down, I think top three being yeah, Spurs, Liverpool, and City. Yeah, because I, I think Spurs are pretty far off the other two, but I'm saying I think they will finish first, second, third, yeah. and then because especially with like Chelsea, Sarri's gone. I know the transfer got, ban. He got a lot of crap. No transfers. Hazard's gone. But you have to have consistency with a manager. You have to stick with your guns yeah. at some point. And then Juve happens. I don't even think Sarri was the issue. I don't either. He wasn't the issue. It's definitely the players. Yeah, for sure. I think Hazard being gone will help as far as maintaining ego or like managing egos in the dressing room because i think he does have an ego and maybe he's part of the problem but there are also other old blood that i think need to be moved out even him i think he really cared about the team oh he did care about the team i I think think, it's like um uh i mean higuain alonzo yeah alonzo uh uh, david louise yes david louise needs to go i think for them um gary cahill's being phased out i don't think he was too much of a problem he doesn't have their midfield was really weird and flaky this season barkley i think needs to step it up kovacic uh, what purpose did mateo kovacic serve this season took Squad for Barkley. Yeah. yeah. He was a squad filler the whole year. Is yeah. he going back to Real this summer? They, they, Chelsea so. has an exercise. Well, they can't exercise an option to buy him. So I think they're going to try offload him because I don't think – I think Real Madrid don't want him anymore. But And they already have so many midfielders anyway. They do have a lot of midfielders. Yeah. And they'll have uh, Tammy Abraham coming up from Aston Villa who had an amazing season. I hope he leaves. I, There's no way. They, they, they cannot sell a striker at this time, though. I know they can't, but, like, I just feel for him because I don't – I don't want him to play for – I I don't know. I think he should go and stay at Aston Villa, to be honest. I think he'd have a way it'd better – It'd be a good – Yeah, have a, Aston be a Villa career choice. But, like, it's not – It's there's no way they're going to sell anyone right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because they need people because they can't bring anybody in for a year. Yeah, like, it's, it's a shame because, obviously, you know, you can't do that. I mean, obviously, you should get a ban for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we had Batshuayi on loan. Is he a one-year or is he a short-term? He, he was short term. Yeah, yeah he, he was still the going back. season. Yeah, but um, he played so well for us. Like he scored, he scored two in the Bournemouth game. Man, I I would take him back in an instant. So he fact, definitely transformed y'all's season. I think. Yeah. I think it was a great signing. Uh, so it's a shame that you'll have to lose him due to the transfer ban. Because I feel like 
they have no strikers available. I think Murata's coming back still from loan. Oh, yeah. Um, they're not going to play him because he's shocking. I think, honestly, I think next season you might see a striker combination of Batshuayi and Giroud. That would think, be bad um, either because Batshuayi, he's quicker, kind of like Hazard was. Yeah. He's obviously not Hazard and he plays different from him, but like whatever quickness they need and the attack he can make up for a little bit. He's clinical too, so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving from done deals onto the rumor mill, we won't spend too much time on this because obviously with the media these days, it's impossible to tell what's actually happening until you see him holding the shirt. But as far as general transfers, the biggest rumor at the time of recording is Juan Bissaka cashing in a move to Man United. Um, I know Ethan is a little distraught about this. Uh, um, give us your thoughts. Basically with this rumor is I... I've accepted the fact because I have done. I've accepted the fact that Zaha is definitely going to leave one day, but like it's sad because Juan Basaka. He we had just started getting used to him because he had his breakout season last year, mm-hmm. and he, that wasn't even the full season. But um, I, I've definitely, I'll definitely miss him. But if we get that much for him, I would not mind because we would reinvest that into the squad like we need to. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll definitely miss him because he's a he's a South London boy, South London proud. Right. So. Uh, let's see. So another thing is, where do we think Neymar and Pogba are going to end up? Because they're both allegedly on the move. Um, I think Neymar is going to go to Barca. I think yeah. he's going to stay. You I do? do? I he's he's said he does not want to stay. I mean, I know that, but like... He may not have a choice. That's so. true, but I feel he's definitely the type of player that would try and force a move out by... Like boycotting. I yeah. I agree, and I think okay. I think especially if Coutinho leaves, like is rumored, I think Neymar will come back. Um, Griezmann, I don't know the whole Griezmann thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Hasn't been through. announced. Has well, it? Barca? Because so, yeah. Barca. Well, apparently, uh, supposedly Messi's come out and said, "Do not buy Griezmann." Oh, I've buy yeah. Neymar. They're they're veto. The dressing room wants to veto him because he has attitude problems. And they but. want and they want Neymar back. See, yeah. I don't get that because it's not like Neymar doesn't have attitude problems. Yeah, I know he Neymar has worse around. attitude problems than Griezmann does. He just flops but. around like a fish, and he's. I don't really like Neymar's style of play. I I'm hoping that he's learned from his mistakes because he's been trying to get out of everyone's shadow. He just needs to play his own game because everywhere he's been, like. He, he goes to PSG to get out of Messi's shadow, and then he's in the shadow of a 19-year-old. Yeah. So it's he just needs to stop worrying about that, and I'm hoping this has been humbling these past few seasons. I don't know if it has, but yeah, I'm hoping going it. back to – I hope he goes back to Barca because I think I think Messi has uh, maybe been in contact with him if he's if he's wanting uh, Neymar back this bad. Mm. But, yeah, uh, even, like, even like before Mbappe got like really, really good – Cavani was playing better than Neymar. Mm-hmm. Cavani was playing really well ahead of Neymar, and he was like he stepped in that whole like free kick and penalty drama between them two. It was like I know he like wants to be like out of the shadow, but like sometimes you're not. Sometimes you gotta like play with the ro- role you're given. Yeah, like play with Messi. I, I would play with Messi. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Um, and as far as Pogba, I think I think Pogba wants to leave. I think he wants to go to Real Madrid. I think they can afford him. I don't think they're going to buy him because I think they're starting to get asked, like a little bit afraid of uh, financial fair play coming knocking, I think. Because I also don't think, man, you can afford to sell him because he was their best player by far mm-hmm. last season. So for me, my vote would be he stays at Man United. He needs to stay I think at Man United, too. and if he stays, he needs to pick up his game defensively. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, he, he needs to. They need to stop forcing him to play this cam role and let him play what he was before at Juve. 
which was like the center mid, the box to box kind yeah. of transitioning the ball forward and mm-hmm. moving, like kind of dominating the play. Yeah. It's why he doesn't play that amazing for France anymore because the role that Conte plays <laughs> is what he's supposed to play. And mm-hmm. I like holding. Obviously, Conte plays differently than like the traditional box to box. He's just everywhere. But you can't drop on Golo Conte though. Yeah, you're, they're never going to drop on yeah. Golo Conte. But that's why Pogba plays more of the forward role when he's playing for France. But like, you can drop the main in Matic for Paul Pogba in the main U squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's all as far as Pogba is concerned. Potentially a return to Juventus, although that may be quelled by um, talks of Adrian Rabiot. Um, moving on to a few slap specific rumors. Um, I've seen recently that Crystal Palace have actually put in a bid for Ryan Sessegnon. This could be an interesting coup for. Um, for heck yeah, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually think it could be a good destination for him. I think. Um, I would hope so because I feel like recently we've had a good job. We did a good job about like uh, training our youth players, and obviously he's not ours, but like he, you know, just training them in general. Like mm-hmm. Juan Masaka. I mean, he's homegrown, so. Juan Masaka was originally a striker. Was that true? Yeah. That's so, interesting. So the fact that he's a one of the best, he was one of the best fullbacks in the Premier League last mm-hmm. season. You know, I wonder. Because Sessegnon originally played fullback, I yeah. wonder if he would be the Wambasaka replacement or if he would play on the wing. Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, either would be fine with me. He plays on the wrong side, though. Yeah, but, but I mean that can change pretty. That's quickly. true, I guess. Unless he's left-footed, because yeah. actually I'm not sure what footedness he is. Probably surely left, because it's very unusual to have wrong-footed fullbacks. But he also played but, winger. That's true, but he played exclusively left wing for them, though. Yeah, so. but that could have been like cutting why side he didn't on the have right. a good season this that's year. true. Well, that's potentially true. He's a fullback. He is a fullback by heart. Like, so he obviously he played wing back, but like he doesn't need to be playing true winger. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think maybe when they signed Ryan Babel, I think that was maybe the goal for that. Although obviously yeah. he didn't really turn out. But um, one other rumor, as far as Spurs are concerned, the big rumor right now is Tenge Ondombele allegedly. Contract talks are happening, and it's close to happening. Um, I would be gassed if this happened. Obviously, I'd be gassed if we signed anyone because I don't even know what that feels like anymore. The last player we signed was Lucas Mora more than 500 days ago. So well, that turned out well. It did turn out well, to be fair. Uh, he had a rough start, but then, you know, he's kind of earned himself a statue at White Hart Lane now. Yeah. Um, that's all I have to say, really. I think Andon Bailey is the long-term Sissoko replacement. I think he could potentially... Um, uh, do some damage in the midfield. I think he could be the key to us uh, bringing home trophies in the future. Fingers crossed. Um, Reese, as far as Arsenal is concerned, a few links including William Saliba, Dennis Pratt, um, Joachim Anderson, and Thomas Mounier. How do you feel about those? Uh, the only one of those that I think is likely at this point is Saliba, but that's only because uh, allegedly we're going to send him back on loan straight away, which is... I. I appreciate the move for uh, scouting potential talent uh, but with such a small budget he Saliba is going to cost us half our budget and we're not even going to play him we're going to send him back on loan um, but he's the only one that I think is likely out of those I think um, Anderson and Pryat are both too pricey potentially uh, although they do have the link with Torreira so yeah uh, and then one that you didn't mention that I think that I've heard about recently that I think is possibly likely is Kieran Tierney because oh, yes, Kieran Tierney. I've heard that his price uh, how much he's going to cost is actually pretty low uh, compared to what I think he might be valued I think that's just because he's stayed uh, at Celtic for so long but um, whatever happened to the Carrasco Carrasco I think is going to end up being too expensive the wages is the big the, thing yeah because the wages coming from China are inflated so mm-hmm. it's 
Also, China doesn't want to sell. That too. I like how it's just China as an entity and not actually a club. <laughs> I don't even know. I think he plays for Dalian Yifeng. Yeah, he does. Is that true? Um, uh, I don't know why you're asking us. <laughs> <laughs> um, and finally, let's move on to a Leicester rumor. There's not actually much activity happening. The only activity that I've seen is Maguire linked to the Manchester clubs for 70 million pounds. I'd be like, I don't want him to leave yet. I also feel like we're going to have a lot of people leave. But also we have that happen all the time. Like, Ricardo Pereira is going to probably leave because he's been, in my opinion, he's top three right back in the league right now. Yeah, um, he had a and great he's going to leave. Vardy's getting old. We need to sign a new striker to replace Vardy. Um, that would be the only thing I want. So hard to replace him. McGuire's yeah. probably going to leave in the next year. Harvey, Harvey Barnes will be here for a little bit, but he'll probably I think leave. y'all will get some good money for some of those players. Though. Oh, yeah. They'll like, be able to reinvest Ndidi pretty quickly. especially. Like, Ndidi will get a lot McGuire, of money if y'all sell him quickly. I I think if we sell him next summer, it'll be probably like 60. It'll be about the same. Yeah. Uh, Madison will probably leave in the next few years. Uh, Damari Gray will probably leave in a few years. Our, like We're kind of like the developmental squad for like all the other top-tier the top teams. Because like, we sell – we. Like brought in Conte, developed him, and then he left. People are gonna like come in. They're gonna go. It's just kind of like what Leicester is at this point, right? Turning into a bit of the Southampton. They've kind of taken the role of Southampton a little bit. Southampton used to be that club, and now they've kind of moved on. I want to well, end up like Southampton. Well, <laughs> it's the Claude Puel effect. Although Southampton was like that way before Claude Puel, but <laughs> there's a definite there's suspicion there. Maybe it's Claude Puel. Um, he's the master behind, mastermind behind everyone. He he's pulling the strings. Yeah. Uh, so now we're going to move on to the new segment of the show, the quiz, the quiz Kamara. Um, so Ethan is going to be first. I've got a quiz for each of the esteemed panel. Um, (laughs) our, our, uh, lovely host Austin is currently sleeping against the wall currently. Uh, so that's interesting. Shout outs to Austin. He's working hard. Um, Ethan took a pick. He'll insert it. (laughs) No, 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 I'm know. choking. Yeah, we won't, we won't expose him like that. Never mind. <laughs> I'm choking on nothing. Um, <laughs> this air is chunky. So, Ethan, yes. Okay. Um, your quiz question, a Crystal Palace-related question. Can you name the last six Crystal Palace managers going back, uh, or starting with Roy Hodgson, there's your freebie, and going back, and bonus points if you can get more. So, um, in order? Not... It'd be nice, but not necessarily if you... Okay, so obviously Roy is the latest. Okay. Then Frank DeBoer. Good. Uh, Fat Sam. Yep. <laughs> uh, Pardew. Yes. How many is that? Four. Four. Uh, um, freaking, uh, oh, Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock is one of the... He was actually ten managers ago. Yeah. But... No, he, he, he got... He has the... 14-15 manager, and then he, that's when Pardew came in. Oh, yeah, there were some caretakers between that. Okay, so, well, no, there was, there's two more between uh, Warnock and Pardew. Ian, uh, not Ian. Ian is right. Ian Holloway? Ian Holloway, very nice. Yeah. And then one more who went on to manage West Brom and Stoke. Oh, Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis, yes. He's done it. He's done very nice job. He's He's got the quiz. Excellent job. Okay, Josh. Shows, shows how right. many managers we've had. So, on the final day of the season, in the 2015-16 season, you played Chelsea, May 15th, 2016. Can you name the starting 11 from that game? All right. 
For so, Leicester or for Chelsea? For Leicester. So it was Casper Schmeichel in goal. Yes. Robert Huth, Wes Morgan at center back. No, it was Wes Morgan and someone else. Robert Huth was suspended for that game, actually. Yeah, that sounds about right. It might be Josh's favorite. Yeah, Robert Huth was a love that man. Okay, how about the right back? Right back was Danny Simpson. Okay. Right, uh, left back was Christian Fuchs. Christian Fuchs. Uh, Albrighton. Uh, Albrighton did not start. Two, so two holding oh, midfielders. We played four two three one that game. You did we? play a four two three one. Oh crap! So two holding mids. Two one holding. of them should be obvious. Yeah, it was Conte. Yeah. The other one plays for the same club, actually. Oh yeah, Danny Drinkwater. Danny Drinkwater. Uh, Jamie Vardy up front. Yes. Um, Okazaki probably played in behind. He didn't. Okazaki did not play. Oh yeah, he got. Su- he didn't play at all. Uh. I thought he got subbed on. He came on. He came on in the 90th minute. It looks like. So. Okay, so... Um, Mares played. Mares played. So you're missing three. You're missing a left winger, a center attacking mid, and Austin has just woke up from his little nap. <laughs> uh, and, you're, and you're missing a center back. So, uh, we'll, I tell you what, think about it, and we'll move on to Reese. Okay. And we'll give you some time to think about it. Uh, bonus points come if you can name any of the Chelsea 11 later also. So, Hazard. <laughs> I'll see if Hazard played. Uh, he did play. Okay. Uh, Reese, let me turn the laptop this way so you can't see what's happening. In Arsenal's 2015-16 senior squad, there were six Frenchmen and four Spaniards listed. Okay. Name them. And okay. bonus points come if you can tell me what club they're at currently. I'm going to start with the, the Spaniards. Okay. Nacho Monreal. Yes. For Arsenal. <laughs> he's, at an, um, he's at a shop. Gabriel Paulista. He was Brazilian. Oh. Gabriel was Brazilian. Oh, he's oh having no. a shocker. <laughs> Second time, he's having a shocker. He's not Spanish. He's Brazilian. We have four. Four Spaniards. Bellerin. Bellerin. Who is that? Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Like, starting? Um, or just one the of them. Well, two of them are. The, the next two Spaniards are midfielders, I'll tell you that. Both coming to the Santa end of Cazorla. their Santi Cazorla. Both coming to the end of their careers. Uh, Cochlin. Nope. Cochlin is French. I'm a dummy. That is one of them. He's though. the French. He's, the, he's one of the French. Um, he's retired. This one is retired. A retired Spaniard. Did he retire at Arsenal? Yes. Oh. Very quickly, can you tell me what club Santi Cazorla is currently at? Oh, uh, uh, Villarreal. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, want, I wanted to say Valencia. Move on to the French clubs or the Frenchmen. Okay. Quickly. Giroud. Giroud. Coughlin. Coughlin. Where are they? Uh, Giroud's at Chelsea. Coughlin's at Valencia. Yeah. Um, Debushi. Yes. Uh, where is he? Oh my. Yeah, this is this is one of the tougher ones. We discussed this not too long ago. Is he actually. in France? He is in France. He's. Uh, Marseille. No. Close. Ish. Le- uh, Leon. No. <laughs> is it Lille? No, it's not Lille. Okay, move on. You've had a shocker. It's, Why would it's, I- it's Saint-Etienne. Oh. But, um. Um. Uh, uh, Koscielny. Koscielny. Arsenal. Yes. Um, the next two are very interesting. Yaya Sanogo. Yaya Sanogo. That's a great shout. He's it French is one of them, yeah. Okay. It's one of them. Uh, he plays for... Uh, He's also in France. I don't know. Toulouse. He plays for Toulouse. Uh, and then the last Frenchman was a center defensive mid who also was aging at this time. And he left to a Spanish club. A CDM. 
Did he did he play? Uh probably not. Actually, in fact, I don't think he made an appearance that season. He shares a first name with Debushi. Flamini. Yes, Flamini. And where is he, do you know? Uh I don't know. I Hit- thought he was retired. No, he's at Hetafe actually. He's sitting on the bench at Hetafe. He's made 16 appearances for them. I'm so missing a Spaniard. You're right? missing one Spaniard. Um my caveat or hint that I can give you is that he just won the Premier League. So he plays for City. He doesn't play. But he's at City. Mate. <laughs> he's the assistant manager. Oh, Arteta. Mikel Arteta, yes. He's um Yeah, so those are the ten. Um, City. <laughs> City. Uh so those are the ten. That was I'm the impressed. quiz section. Wait, we're not done. You have yeah. to Quiz question. Oh, I, he's written me a quiz. Oh, and we've oh let's go back to Josh quickly. Okay. Have you got anything? Uh was it one of that uh IU or Gray? Or it was, was Gray. Gray. Gray at left wing. Uh, yeah. One of them, uh I believe the interesting thing about him was that he won the league in England's top three divisions with Leicester. He's very interesting. I think he's Welsh. He might be English. <gasps> oh! Yeah. Oh, my. King! King! Andy King. I think he's English, okay. actually. But no, he's Welsh. Oh, he's Welsh? Yeah, I he, thought that was James. He, Matty James. I'm not sure. Whatever. No, he's, a, um, he's Wales captain. He was Wales captain. And then your next... The uh, center back. The center back. My hint for you is that he his sign, he signed from Leicester to Billericay Town, <laughs> who are a non-league <laughs> English club. Um, he's... Polish. Actually, no. Wait, that Ooh. was. I was thinking of Paul Konczewski. It was Vasilevsky. I, oh I forgot God. about. I misquoted is, the Bilarecki thing. Was Paul Konczewski actually? Like a month ago, and when we won the title, why he wore. Why do you know that? <laughs> because Lester posted about him. Oh, okay. And like, he, they posted a picture of him at the parade, and he has this huge, like, blue and white afro on with blue spikes going out of it. <laughs> it's my favorite picture ever. All right, Ethan's about to put me on the hot seat. Uh, this one should be easy. How many games have Tottenham played at their new stadium so far? Oh, no. And just in the Premier League. Oh, just in the Prem? Okay, so... Oh, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to quickly try and do some quick maths and um, think about it. So, Crystal Palace, um, we played Ars... No, we didn't play Arsenal. We played Crystal Palace... Uh... I don't know. You know what? I'm going to guess six. Close. It was five. Five. Okay, so we played uh, Crystal Palace, Huddersfield, I think Huddersfield. Brighton, and then uh, West Ham. Oh yeah, we lost at West Ham. And then That's right. Everton. Oh Everton on the final day. Yeah. Okay. So. I think that's five. Um. Yeah, that was five. I promise I graduated. I so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so finally, now that the quiz has, uh, I'm impressed, gentlemen. You've done rather well. Um. Uh, especially Ethan, I feel like yours might be the, might have been the most difficult. Uh, okay, so we're moving on now to our last segment of the show, which is looking ahead um, to the next season uh, at large. The Premier League season coming up, the 2019-2020 season, it should be a very exciting season. Um, what do you expect next season for your club, Reese? What do you expect? What position do you think they'll finish in? What kind of um, season are they going to have? I think we're most likely going to finish in fifth again with the amount of funding we have right now. However, depending on how well Bellerin and Holding perform when they return from injury, 
I think that will uh, affect whether or not we can sneak into the top four. Um, Agreed. And then I think we should win Europa League. However, we probably won't. That's <laughs> it's, a safe, it's a safe assumption, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. Um, yeah, so for Spurs, I think I'm expecting probably around about a third third place finish. I think maybe there's a potential that we could finish second if um, for some City haven't done too much strengthening in the transfer window, and I feel they may be a three-peat champion would be ridiculous, so I feel City won't win the league, so I think there's a potential that perhaps we could finish above them. I'm not too insane. I think they will still finish in the top two. I think my prediction will be third. I think we'll go to the quarterfinal of the Champions League and likely draw one of the big boys, which we managed to avoid aside from City this season, which was also in the quarterfinal, interestingly. So I think we'll get to the quarterfinal of the Champions League and go out respectably. Um, and yeah, I think we'll make a signing. That's going to be my, my boldest a prediction, signing. is that we will make a signing. I can fend well for one million. <laughs> I take it. I take it at this point. Uh, Llorente's leaving, so... <laughs> yes, actually, I think I can fan one. Starting striker, Golden Boot, Premier League. Uh, okay, Ethan, how about Palace? Um, what I'm I'm hoping for is we could at least break into single digits and causing in the table, because we've always either finished eleventh or tenth. So what do you think specifically, if you had to guess? I'm hoping ninth is realistic, but I would love to be in that Europa League spot. But so seven. He's hoping for seven. Yes. <laughs> but, um, it's respectable. I'm hoping to just really just focus, because our defense, we had one of the most, we, uh, in terms of teams in the bottom half, we had a, an insane amount of clean sheets. So I'm not really mm-hmm. worried about defense. Tompkins has really Tompkins transformed the defense. Tompkins and are like the two. like The, the winning combo. Yeah. So I'm, I'm morally just focused on how Zaha, and hopefully if he stays, if he can work with our whoever plays a striker because it'll probably be even tech a unless we buy someone else so i just because i i'm our strikers other than bachelor before he came it just it just wasn't really working out that well so because mm-hmm. we we had iu up front for a long point of the season but that's when we lost like all of our games right you think y'all are gonna make a run in the uh, fa cup again i hope so uh we got up to the quarterfinal and we almost went to wembley but mm-hmm. Fair play to Watford, they beat us, but um, we were just having, we had a bunch of injuries, and it just wasn't our day, so I hope so. I don't think we'll make it to the final, but maybe, hopefully, the semifinal, at least. Mm. Josh? Uh, I think we're finished seventh, I think. James Madison's going to be even better this year. Damari Gray's going to be even better. Rodgers will have a full season. Rodgers will have his full season. Uh, Harvey Barnes will have a whole season in the uh, actual team instead of the youth playing in the youth like he did for a little bit this year. I, uh, name plays Mendy has played really well. Uh, Ndidi will be good. Ricardo Pereira is going to be even better. I think we were good last year. We just need to develop the squad a little bit more. And hey, keep hold of those players. Yeah, you got to keep hold of them. Keep hold of them. I don't think that's too much to worry about this season. Next season it will be something that will be like, okay. Do you think you'll keep Telemans? Well, we don't even have him. He's on. Oh, no, I'm just saying. Do you think you'll Do you think you'll, yeah. yeah. No. No? Oh, interesting. I think he'll go to one of the big boys. There's, mm. we, we he's definitely quality. Surprisingly, he hasn't been linked anywhere, though, besides yeah. Leicester. He's been he was linked to Spurs for a little bit. Spurs, Man City. I'd much rather have a Dombele, though. City or... Uh, United? United, yeah. yeah. United <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I would love it if we signed him because he played really well for us this year. He'll probably leave at the end of the next season if we do get him. Yeah. 
I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. If he comes, great. If he doesn't, I, I'll be I'll be fine with that. Mm. I'm fine with us signing another like championship player and bringing him in again, and then having him having them play great, and then having them leave in like three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the farm club. Yeah. Uh, so as far as the league itself, who do we think is going to win the league? Just a brief answer from you. Go around. Um, realistically, if Liverpool, because they brought Liverpool. so much, they brought so much attention through. The winning the Champions League, I think they As could attract like big players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have a big budget now, so for sure. Hopefully, them. Yeah, I don't want to see City win it again. For yeah. the good of football, I would rather Liverpool win than City. So, uh, Reese, I predicted in the episode a year and a half ago ish mm-hmm. that City would do the double, the back to back, back to back, and I'm I kind of think they're gonna do the three peats. I, I hope Liverpool win because I'm I enjoy watching them play. I think they have some really top quality footballers, but right now I think as long as Pep is at City, they're gonna keep winning trophies or be in the running as close as it was this season. So I'm gonna predict City. However, I think it'll be as close as uh, this last season. Mm-hmm. Josh, what do you think? City. City. Yep. Ah, very confidently he says I'm gonna very confidently say Liverpool. I think I think the Champions League is going to be motivation because honestly I feel like Liverpool if if Liverpool are going to move to be one of the biggest clubs in Europe right now and restore the status that they had uh, about a decade ago they need to start winning the prem again because I think it depends on signings too it does. cuz right now I don't know where Man City need to strengthen but they don't I, yeah, that's the I problem def- I know I think I know where Liverpool need to strengthen they they have some midfielders that uh, I don't know. They they have a lot of midfielders right now, but they haven't quite found the winning combination. They've been really rotating the midfield a lot. Uh, and then Firmino, he has a very specific role in that team, but I think they really need a goal-scoring striker. You might, they, they might start Origi over That's Firmino. true, but I don't I don't know. That's he kind of a gamble. absolutely shocking in the Champions League final when he came on. To be fair. Other than the goal. but He, he had two shots on target in the final... He had two shots ever in the Champions League, and they, they both were scored yeah. goals against Barcelona and he scored, Spurs. Didn't he score two against Barcelona? No. No. No, no that was Vinaldo. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and I don't to be think, fair, I though, don't think he'll start. His though. pass completion was like 46% in the Champions League yeah. final, though, when he came on. I think they're. I think I. I don't know. I like Firmino, but I definitely think that they they need uh, to. Uh, improve the striker position. I tend to agree, in fact. Um, and I do think, I think you're right about the midfield. I think with Milner phasing out, I think, and they, they haven't, the one thing that they really need to push on, I think, is someone in the midfield who's extremely creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who can ping the long balls. Um, Although Henderson kind of became that towards the end of the season. He did, but I think... I don't know if he can sustain it, if, Yeah, that's the thing. If they want to do it week in and week out in the Premier League, they need someone almost like... I mean, I know he's, he hasn't really been linked to Liverpool, but I wouldn't be su- entirely surprised to see Christian Eriksen end up there. I think he's... You know, Coutinho's been linked with a move back, and if... That's true. I don't think it'll happen, but if it did, I I don't think he'd play winger. I think he'd play Cam. He'd play Cam. That's what they need him to do. Um, yeah, so I think Liverpool, if they could get an attacking mid, a solid playmaker, I think that could be an excellent signing for them. So, uh, so all of us were split 50-50 on Liverpool City. Um as you might expect, I think the the world at large is probably going to be split fifty fifty between Liverpool and City. The, the thing that was that I enjoyed the most about last season was that it was competitive, because yeah. in the past 
it's always been, you know, singled out. You know, Chelsea, they're running away with it. Yeah, it was like first and second competitive. Third through sixth competitive. competitive. Yeah. Uh, the bottom six. The bottom six competitive. Yeah. Even the middle competitive. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was like there was there was drop-offs between each section, but they were all competitive between between themselves. And, it, and that, that's what I enjoyed because and cause I, as a Palace fan, you don't really think about the top that much because you're more just focused on your your season, your Palace's season. But the fact that it was competitive made me like interested mm-hmm. in who was going to win. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Very, so, it was a very good season for neutrals. Oh, definitely, because there was battles at each like facet of the table, so it was good to watch. Exciting stuff for sure. So moving from one end of the table to the other, relegation fodder. Um, I think we can all concur on Sheffield United, yeah. Yeah. I think they're gonna they're gonna have their cake in the Premier League and go down. Um, a bit like Cardiff. I would say a bit like Huddersfield, but they survived uh, one season at least thanks to David Wagner. But I don't think Sheffield United have the magic that Huddersfield had for one season. Um, for the second club, uh, someone throw a name out. I think actually Norwich will get really, really interesting. I think Norwich and Aston Villa will stay up. I agree, actually. But, I I, think Norwich but I'm struggling to pick who's going to go down. I'm just. The thing I think Brighton will finish. I would have said Southampton. I finish bottom. You know what? I would have said Southampton, but they looked really good towards the end of the season. Yeah. The thing with Norwich is they've got. I mean, they always put up a fight every season. They they come back, but like, I'm looking at their team right now that that um i forgot the name of their striker who did like really well where at norwich uh timu pookie yes <laughs> that's um, a nice name <laughs> yeah it is a nice name I was, i'm just concerned about how he's gonna play because obviously he was one of the best strikers in the league yeah he scored year. 26 goals i think i'm just they might i think they'll have a rude awakening with him up front because potentially de- they will definitely have him starting most of the season or most of the season and so just him playing against the... It'll be interesting to see. You know, they could have a... It's either they'll have a really good season or a really bad season. Max Aarons needs to play well. Uh, yeah. They don't need to mm-hmm. do what Fulham did with Sessegnon. They need to keep him in so a true fullback back. role. I think not. they will, though. They need... Yeah, because he... If he doesn't leave, he might leave. I don't think he'll leave. Because, like, Sessegnon was supposed to leave last season. He hasn't but he didn't. completely established himself yet. I think he That's needs true. another... I think after a season, if he does well in the Prem... They mm-hmm. might leave. The I think season. if they hadn't gotten promoted, then he would have left for sure. Yeah. But the fact that he's playing in the Prem now, I think it's more acceptable for him to stay. I think I'm going to say Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United, and then I'm going to say Brighton. And then uh, yeah, as Brighton. of right now, I haven't given it a whole lot of thought. I think uh, 18th is uh, really competitive and open right now. So it is, I don't, it I don't is have competitive. a prediction for 18th right now. I think my 18th prediction is actually going to be Burnley. I, yeah, yeah. I was about to say. Because Burnley are going to crack a lot this year. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be worse than they were last year, because they can only sit back 10, 10 men for so long. For so yeah. long, I don't, true. I don't understand their fascination with older gentlemen because they had yeah. Jonathan Walters. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, but um, they had Jonathan Walters, and then they now they have Peter Crouch. Obviously, he left, but I wonder they'll probably Lanky have him. I love that man. You heard it here first. Burnley are Cougar FC. <laughs> well, actually, that's not that's Sugar Daddy FC. Never mind. It's the other oh. way around. Oh. Oh. So, um, yeah, I think Burnley, I think the problem is, like, if you look at the 17 teams that are in the Prem now that stayed up, Brighton are probably the worst, and then you'd probably say Burnley, I think, as far as next. And I think Villa definitely have enough to stay up. I yeah. think they've got, they've got the infrastructure in the club, they've got the players, they've got young talent, they've made some signings, um, they've made Anwar El-Ghazi permanent, they've brought in Wesley Moreas, Presumably to replace Tammy Abraham, 
Um, he's a very similar style player. So I think that could be a good link up, and I think Aston Villa will finish. I'm going to say around 15th. They have Jack Grealish as well. And, and Jack Grealish oh, yeah. off. We were linked to him. Speaking, oh, <laughs> yeah. the, it was like a month going ago, back to links somebody. with Leicester. Yeah, there are none, <laughs> but There's none anymore. Um, and then, yeah, so I think Norwich, I think they played extremely well in the championship, and I think they can have one of those effects, sort of like Cardiff this season almost because Cardiff got particularly Cardiff unlucky. They should have stayed up. I agree. I think Brighton should have gone down. Um, so I think they're gonna have the team chemistry, uh, Norwich are, and I think Pookie, I think he will be a surprise package in the Premier League. So. I think I'm going to agree with Burnley for now, but I'm definitely interested to see what's going to happen mm-hmm. with that 18. I de- yeah, I definitely don't think Norwich are going to get relegated. Like, it, it's just a po- it's a possibility. I think every team that gets promoted has the possibility of because you know it's just oh, up and yeah. down, up and I'm, down. The yo-yo to, to be fair, we said this about Fulham. I I think I had Fulham. In I the had top Fulham 10. 12. Yeah, I had them in the top 10. I actually think I had them bottom because I knew that you had Fulham bottom. No, not at, like in the bottom three. Oh, oh. I think. Because like I had mentioned that they had spent so much, but the, I think the it, they it had too even, many languages. Yeah, it was team. the language barrier. And they, they didn't spend on their defense. Their defense was shocking. Yeah, well they had yeah, it just it was it didn't work. But obviously I I just thought I was like they've got all these new signings and they they don't all I don't know if they all speak the same language. Yeah, it's like Fulham make a billion signings and Wolves make a billion signings. Wolves they all speak Portuguese. Wolves <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wolves, they are all uh, speak Portuguese, and they get top ten. Wait, were they top ten? They were uh, seventh. seventh. They got Europa they League. Seventh, yeah. They got Europa, they Europa League. League. But then Fulham, it's all all over the place. They get really good. It's something that you don't really think about that much. Yeah. Like it's a, it's an aspect because you look at that Fulham team on paper and you're like, oh, they should do great. But then you think, well, they can't talk to each other because and they had three they had three different managers who spoke three different languages by heart as well because. Um, uh, was it Jokanovic or Mihailovic? I think it was Jokanovic. Um, Slavisha Jokanovic, obviously. I'm sure they all speak English, but their native tongue, he's Croatian, and then or he may be Serbian. Probably Serbian. I, think he is Serbian. I just offended everyone in Eastern Europe. Um, They're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, obviously, you had Ranieri, who's Italian, and then Scott Parker, who's English. So... Um, now you think obviously this does it's not important when they're playing because they won't be talking as much, but it's just. But it's a lot of talking. About there is yeah. a lot of communication. It's no, a big yeah. thing. Some people just think that like it's just it's, it's just easy right. It's easy to gloss over. Yeah. yeah, but it's definitely around the the grounds and stuff like just the the foundation and the chemistry mm-hmm. between them. So for sure, that was definitely a calamity for Fulham. So one last topic, um, or one last quick go around. Uh, if each of you could give a club that you're looking forward to watching next season, uh, preferably not your own. <laughs> we all know that we're all looking forward to watching our own clubs, but um, what club do you think might have a surprise season? Either good or bad, in, in the fact. Prem? In the Prem, yeah. I'm going to go with Villa. Cause Interesting. Because they, they work well together. They have good... Josh is making music with his water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it was my water bottle. I moved the spring. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Villa, Oops. they looked good. I watched them in the the playoff final and they just look right. re- they just look really good Grealish looks really good I feel like he can set up anybody and if he can't find mm-hmm. anybody he'll set it up himself so I'm looking at Villa Josh um, I think Norwich are going to have a really good season next year and then I'm also going to watch the Italian league next year so mm-hmm. looking forward to give that give it a shout yeah who's your club to watch Inter Inter interesting okay and Reese, who's your club to watch I think I'm going to go begrudgingly because I don't like him that much with West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Tottenham! <laughs> no. Um, I, 
with the signing of Fornals, like we talked about, I think that's going to be a great signing for the team, and I think they're going to really do some damage. Uh, I mean, they, they did damage with uh, Felipe Anderson. He was mm-hmm. really fun to watch, too. Uh, that's a just, lot of damage. They have a lot of, <laughs> they have a lot of fun players. Also, it's not one to look out for because they did really well, but I enjoy watching Liverpool. They're just, mm. they play great football. They do. So those are my picks. Mine is actually going to be a slight homer pick. I'm going to go with Crystal Palace. I think hey. I'm going to go. I think it could be a very interesting season for Palace because I haven't seen Zaha linked to too many places. Um, even if Juan Bissaka leaves, I think the funds could come in. And I think uh, Palace are a team that the recruitment department actually does really well. I think the Milivojevic signing was a massive coup. It's like $10 million. I, th- I know. It was a bargain deal. Best penalty taker in the Prem for my Obviously. money. Um, and then I think... Um, yeah, I just think going forward, I think if Juan Basaka goes, I think that brings in funds for a capable Premier League striker. I think um, you'd obviously have to bring in someone at right back to replace Juan Basaka, but I think I think it could be a great season for Palace. I'm going to say eighth for you guys. That's my like prediction. That, um, we also been linked with, I don't know how to say his name, it's Timothy Castagne. Oh, Castagne? Yeah, yeah. from uh, Adal- Atalanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is deciding if he wants to play Champions League or Premier League because he said Premier League is kind of like the Champions League to him. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I forgot Atalanta got Champions League. Yeah. That's going to be exciting too. There's a team to watch for you yeah. next season in the Champions League, Atalanta. So. Um, and then I'm going to give an honorary mention to um, Aston Villa as well. I think it could be a good season. Ethan already touched on it, so I'm not going to say anything. But um, yeah, so I think that about is us done. Unless does anyone else have anything you want to speak about? Reese? No. All right. So that's us done for the night. We want to thank you. A lot for tuning in. If you are, clearly you are because you've gotten here. If you've braved the storm and made it this far, you're a trooper and we love you. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Austin uh, yeah. again for and the Horn Snarks for letting us use his studio. And, uh, Many thanks. Um, we'll drop <laughs> Again, we'll drop their information in the description. Um, thanks to everyone. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll make this more... Um, we're all going to college, so hopefully Yeah, but I, can... I honestly think I'm going to have more free time in college, in college yeah. on the than weekends. I was... Definitely on the weekend. Over the few yeah. years. It's yeah. going to be easier. So we can watch, and then we could just... Yeah, I think we're, the plan is to hop on a hop on a chat together and record some audio. So, so if we we'll can make this more um, frequent, that'd be good. <laughs> Instead of annual. Not even annual. Year-round. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, Monthly. the goal is to turn it into weekly, but we said that the last two times we recorded. Yeah. So we'll see. Now, we actually have the means to record during the summer, thanks to Austin. Um, and we have the means to record when we're apart via like you know uh, digital audio like OBS and uh, Discord so we should be in good shape we hope you enjoyed the video special I don't know which camera's <laughs> gonna be on me but um, we hope you enjoyed it we hope you enjoyed the show um, and it's goodbye from us <laughs>